What's up, you'll hear it. Hey, this is Bob Deboo, the host of the Upright Citizens podcast. Got a question for you. How would you like to get inside the mind of one of the most recorded musicians of all time? Well, here's your chance. The legendary bassist Ron Carter will join the Open Studio community on June 14th for an exclusive one-time-only live mentor session. You don't want to miss this. To learn the secrets to the maestro's iconic sound, gain insights to his unique musical mind in real time, pick his brain on his illustrious career, and get answers that'll propel your music to new heights. Join today and unlock your free 14-day trial at openstudiojazz.com. Then you'll be able to not only join the maestro in this exclusive conversation, but dig into his brilliant course, Blueprint for Jazz Bass, and so much more. So sign up now. Peace. This is Adam Manis. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear It podcast. Daily jazz advice coming at you. Today we're going to put a spotlight on the saxophone. Oh God, why? (laughs) (laughs) It could be dangerous. It's a metal instrument. We're going to put a spotlight on it. We we don't want it to get too close. You're going to blind the audience, man. So the saxophone, this is a lot of fun uh, because I think that there's no other instrument that's more iconic and more connected specifically to jazz than the saxophone. Um, I I know when it was created by, I believe, Adolf Sax, who was a Belgian gentleman. I am not looking at Wikipedia right now. That's convenient. Yeah. I know it was not. It was created before jazz existed. I guess that's true. Um, but it's really the most closely aligned with jazz it's in terms of saxophone. There's some beautiful classical music, but it's a little bit limited to certain French repertoire. I would say. Um, and I mean, if you think about every corny jazz poster you've ever seen, it's usually like a cat with a saxophone totally. or something like that. Yeah, we should put that on as the image for this podcast, man. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I uh, think I think Adolf Sax developed it because uh, brass instruments were getting so good and and so loud that he, uh, I think, the story goes he wanted something that would cut, you know, through in the in the bands. So we got the saxophone and well, they cut through our bands. Let's put a little let's put a little spotlight on it. And I think with these what's fun is if we just sort of talk about, you know, specific artists, maybe some recordings and sort of stylistic things. So why don't you kick it off with one of your favorite? Yeah, one of my favorite musicians of all time is the great Lester Young. Um he really defined what the tenor saxophone could be in in a modern jazz sense. Um and my favorite recordings of him are with um, it's a it's a saxophone trio, which was kind of common back in the day to have a trio of just piano, drums, and a lead instrument. Um, and he had a trio of Nat King Cole, Buddy Rich, and himself, and it was so swinging. I mean, you know, we talk about how swinging was it? It was so swinging that I'm still swinging from now. Uh, you talk about the two feel, right? I mean, that that band had a two feel that would just snap your neck. It was so popping. It was great. And his language, you know, was still feels contemporary. People still pull from it. I love it. I love his sound, his bit, that big, breathy, early tenor sound. Uh, really, there wouldn't be, you know, um, a Sonny Rollins or a Dexter Gordon or any of those cats without Lester Young. Great. Good, good stuff. Good stuff. Um, well, next, I'm going to go in our spotlight on saxophone. I'm going to go 
uh, and shine that spotlight specifically on Charles Parker. I've heard of him. Out of the Kansas City, Kansas uh, region of our country. I've been there. Also known as Charlie Parker, Bird, Yardbird. And, uh, you know, Charlie Parker's playing, I mean, just his look, his use of the mostly alto saxophone, although I, I believe he played a little bit of tenor. Yeah. Um, there's a few recordings. But really just Charlie Parker with the alto saxophone in terms of how he looked, how he played, that whole thing really typifies jazz saxophone. Bebop for sure and, and many other things. But, I mean, just the, the, the consummate and iconic saxophonist. Um, so many great recordings, you know, the, the, um, all the great stuff with Dizzy. Yeah. You know, that live recording from Toronto, which I believe is live at Massey. Well, it's been released a whole bunch of different Under things. Under like 12 different names. Yeah, yeah. but it was, it was recorded live on stage actually by Charlie Mingus. Um, with a like real early kind of advanced reel-to-reel recorder or something. I mean, the sound quality is pretty good on that recording. It sounds similar to what we record now on stage, to tell you the truth. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, and I think it's, it's Charlie Mingus, Charlie Parker, uh, Thelonious Monk, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, Dizzy Gillespie, great recording. I mean, but Charlie Parker was just, you know, he seemed to really know how to phrase and 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 just you know take the saxophone within the jazz idiom to even higher levels in terms of showing what it what it could do you know and really was just a master technically of the instrument but in terms of sound now some of the things like if you hear the bird with strings those recordings with uh, I guess it was Mitch Miller uh, conducting arranging like those corny kind of arrangements but then the beauty of Charlie Parker's sound he kind of showed a whole nother side of the saxophone as well beautiful yeah you know we get asked sometimes like what what is what defines bebop and I mean I think Charlie Parker defined bebop absolutely how, how would you how would you characterize his bebop sound like what he added to that to that genre well I think you know I think you know outside of the saxophone it was really sort of a rhythmic freedom and a lot of times we think about bebop and 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 sometimes maybe we teach it a little bit too rigid in terms of eighth notes you know with an occasional triplet but really if you look at the way Charlie Parker played you know outside of specific recordings that are notated and can appear to be like that. He played with a lot of freedom, a lot of stretching, a lot of 16th notes, flurries, and, and just like really cool phrasing. But, I mean, he kind of created a language. It wasn't just him, of course. Yeah. But, you know, his his saxophone technique, and it's, it's lent itself so well to that register and to that instrument that he was able to play that phrasing. In a, it was almost like you hear a language that someone speaks it so well and so eloquently and it has so much to say and is on the perfect microphone that it's you don't care what they're talking about. It's just enjoyable to hear them say it i'm always blown away by how much blues is in charlie parker's playing too like you know it's bebop i mean there's still a lot of blues in there. absolutely i mean he came out of the kansas city saxophone blues tradition you know and a lot of that is sort of the foundation of of, i I don't think there's any way you could pull that out of his playing well speaking of the blues we're going to jump ahead and we're going to skip over some really great saxophone players but uh, one of the icons of this music is is our next uh, saxophonist and that's the great john coltrane um, I just watched an awesome documentary on Netflix. I heard uh, about that. Yeah, oh, man. It, if you haven't seen it yet, you've got to check I gotta it out. i got to see it. Can I get your Netflix login first, though? Is that possible? Hell no. <laughs> no, okay. but it is great. It is. Uh, yeah, I don't, I, don't want, I don't want anything but, like, food and running shows on my <laughs> Netflix queue. Thank right. you very much. Exactly. Now, uh, the, the documentary itself, I forget the name of it, but it's going to be the only Coltrane documentary on Netflix, I guarantee. But it's, it's really spectacular. It covers his whole life and, and what he did for this music and who he was as a person. Um, and, you know, his playing is almost hard to describe because he he really took jazz into an artistic realm 
that uh, it hadn't been before and was on a mission to do that. You know, uh, uh, in his mind, he was on a mission from God to connect with God through jazz. It was really, really deep stuff. And obviously, you know, his sound, his, his technique, you know, the way he used the blues, even in really, really out music, uh, very, very inspiring. One of my all-time favorite musicians, for sure. Absolutely. And then, then, I mean, you know, thinking specifically as far as saxophone, like we always think about John Coltrane, Charlie Parker. I mean, all these these greats, even, you know, as pianists, sort of separate from their instrument, but another one that's kind of iconic and very much connected to his instrument specifically of the tenor saxophone in in a a very meaningful way, I think. Mm. Um, Okay, so for the last one, I was going to go even more contemporary, and then I'm going to kind of cheat on this one and pick a couple of people kind of these are all great saxophonists and certainly not the only ones but these are these are folks that I've seen playing live even played with some of them and I think are just great modern sax you know saxophone players so first is Kenny Garrett uh, and then I'm going to say Joshua Redman, mm-hmm. Branford Marsalis, and these are all kind of, uh, and Chris Potter. They're all sort of the same generation, you know, not that far apart in terms of age and still doing their thing and really strong players. And um, like I say, there's there's so many more great players from this generation too, but I think that those four really represent um, sort of the state of modern um, jazz saxophone in a lot of ways. Now, there's certainly younger, great younger players, you yeah, know, Kamasi Washington and stuff, but they're very much influenced by these four, I would yeah, say. Yeah, I'd like, from my generation, I'd like to add um, Seamus Blake, unbelievable. Mm. John Ellis, one of my favorite oh, yeah. people. Logan Richardson, another Kansas City saxophonist. Yeah, who's doing uh, Anat Cohen. Anat Cohen, yep. yeah. There's More some, known for clarinet, but I think a wonderful saxophonist. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff going on right now in the saxophone. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. So um, I think that's, uh, we covered the saxophone from A to Z pretty much, Enjoy right? that. <laughs> from A to Zoot Sims, and you'll hear it. Thanks for listening to this episode of the You'll Hear It podcast. If you liked what you heard, please leave a rating or review. Yeah, I liked what I heard. Hmm. I'm going to leave five stars, but you guys can do whatever you want. <laughs> Today's episode was brought to you by Open Studio, jazz lessons from jazz legends. Check out our brand new All Access Pass. All Access, what is that, like one or two courses you get? Dude, I said All Access. It's access to everything. Every course, hundreds, ah, thousands, tens you. of thousands of lessons. <laughs> Wait, me, tens me, of thousands. Well, back up, back no, up. Definitely hundreds. <laughs> We're getting close to a thousand. Everything from Christian McBride, Peter Martin, Romero Lobombo, Gregory Hutchinson, Miles Davis, Meadlux Lewis, okay, Jelly Roll it's Morton. Just getting ridiculous. <laughs> no, some of those. The first couple, we've got them. <laughs> Check us out. OpenStudioNetwork.com. <laughs>